millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So hello and welcome to Charlton Live. It's yet another lockdown podcast for your delectation. My name is Louis Mendes and we've got a packed show for you this weekend. We're going to hear from Sam Field on his return uh, to the Valley. We've also got our own feature length interview with uh, Johnny Williams. He spoke to Tom Wallin uh, during the week so we're going to hear from him. Uh, We'll discuss uh, the fact that a few of our players have decided to Uh, hang their boots up a little bit early. Uh, We'll also discuss the fact that a few new names and faces have appeared in the race to become the next owner of Charlton Athletic. Uh, So there's plenty of stuff to discuss. So let's bring in uh, the three who are going to join me on the pod this week to have those discussions. First up is the grand old man of Charlton Lives, Terry Smith. How you doing, Tal? I'm all good, thank you. How are you, Louis? Yeah, not too bad. How's your week been in... uh... Yeah, in not lockdown, not bad at all. Yeah, delighted yeah. to be uh, here, and uh, unusually, the late replacement for the uh, for the venerable Tom Wallen, who uh, is still in um, uh, still lying down after his interview with uh, <laughs> Johnny Williams, is going to it's going to take a while to recover. I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, he, he had to clean clean down a lot of surfaces after that uh, interview. Right, let's bring in uh, number two coming from his little radio cupboard in his house. It's uh, Mark Newbury. How are you doing, Mark? I'm all very well. I'm getting ready for my boy's second birthday on Monday. So oh, exciting. I, I was about to ask you, actually, just when we're off air, how old they are, because I, I thought they must be coming up to about six months now, so it shows how far off I am. <laughs> They're going to be two on Monday. Yeah. I share a birthday with your lovely Amy. Oh, lovely stuff. Well, um, so I guess the, the one that you named Lyle is going to have to change its name now. Yeah, he's dead to me now. Yeah, that didn't actually happen, of course. Uh, And also uh, joining us, uh, we can always rely on him, uh, it's Mr. Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nathan? Living the dream, mate. Yeah, you sound it. You sound it. How's your yeah, How's your man. week been? How's your week been? It's all right. Yeah, I mean, well, it was a bit tough this week, but um, yeah, same here actually. Yeah, but, but I mean, if you know, if I, on the weekend, I look forward to listening to you, three beautiful men. So obviously in Tom, but he obviously he's lying down as Tell said. But uh, yeah, no, good mate. Everything's good. Life's positive. It's looking good. With a few less players, but I That's the way. That's the way it goes, isn't it? Well, thanks for joining us on uh, this week's Start on Life. So. As I said, we're going to hear from uh, Sam Field later on because obviously that's a real good news story that's come out in in the last couple of days. The fact that the West Brom Loney uh, has come back and he's going to uh, put in the uh, put in the hours for us and to uh, play in those final nine games that are going to come up and try and see if we can stave off relegation. Now, um, at the start of the week, it became clear that there's three players who aren't going to be doing that for us. Um, David Davis is on loan from from Birmingham City. Um, decided he doesn't want to come back down to London. I mean. You haven't heard too many people talking about that because he's a bit part player. Plus, he's being asked to travel, which some some have decided they, they don't want to. Some have decided they have, but, but they've decided they don't want to. Um, but, I mean, the, the, there was a, a couple of names in, in, in that list that I think have surprised, and uh, Chris Solly being one. And again, hasn't quite caught the attention uh, like Lyle Taylor has, and that's who we'll talk about first then, Terry. 
Um, Lyle Taylor, as we know, coming to the end of his contract, the contracts all end at the end of June, when it's likely we probably would have only played two or three games um, of the remaining nine. So anyone who is going to play on whose contract has ended would have to extend their contract by a month by the sounds of it. Um, Lyle Taylor, you know, we know he's not going to extend in any form of long-term contract. I guess deep down we all hoped he would at least extend for another month to finish off the job. Uh, but it's become clear uh, that that's not going to be the case, Terry. Um, I mean, it's garnered a hell of a lot of attention, not just with Charlton fans, but all over the place, really, because I think we're the first club, really, to sort of break cover and admit that we've got a few, a few players who aren't going to be extending or playing. Um, so Charlton have very much been in, in, in the spotlight this week, and Lyle Taylor particularly... Um, Terry, sum up your emotions when you heard that he was not going to be playing anymore. Yeah, and I, th- I, I mean, you said we're talking about Lyle Taylor first. I, I, I personally, I, I don't separate the two, actually. Um, I mean, I put virtually immediately out there that, you know, I don't, uh, and I think nobody should begrudge any player leaving the club for, to, to better themselves. I think it's the way of the world. I think it's um, it's what everybody does, and Charlton have been uh, in a, uh, at the forefront of uh, selling players for, for as long as I can remember. Uh, leaving the club is not the issue how you leave it is absolutely the issue and uh, you know people talk about common sense and people talk about oh you know it's a footballer's career it's short and uh, you know they're, they're going for a payday that they might not get if they get injured and all of that and, and if you're talking about normal business opportunities and normal uh, course of life then probably everybody would say yeah fair enough but this is not normal not normal everyday life this is football now, if it was if it was common sense, then we wouldn't bother turning up on a Saturday to watch a game that we know we're going to lose. You know, it's it's not about that. It's about the passion. It's about you know feelings running high and and partisanship and everything that goes with it. Um, and so you can't compare football with normal life and football with normal business. You just can't because it doesn't work like that. So everybody who's a Charlton fan and probably quite a few people who are football fans will will err on the side of. Well, that's not right. It's you know three months left of his contract, or um, sorry, thirty days left of his contract. A big pardon. It's it, you know he can get two or three games in that period. He's contracted to play. He should play. And uh, everybody says, well, you know, it's give and take. He's done a lot for you. And Lee Bailey came in and said that uh, you know he got us into the championship. Well, certainly was a bit, a big part in getting us into the championship, and and big part in his goals are of, of potentially keeping us there. And that's true. But on the flip side of that, you've got, you know, we plucked him from Wimbledon where he was uh, he was an OK player, a uh, dangerous player, but he wasn't the player he is now. And so, you know, you could say that he wouldn't be getting his dream move if it hadn't been for Charles. So it's disappointing. And, and it, look, I've been disappointed in the past. Players have gone um, acrimoniously in the past. Uh, and I dare say I'll be disappointed again. Um, we'll live. We'll get over it. Um, I'm hoping that we've got enough. And I think we have actually in our squad to, uh, to get over the line without him. But it's just... Um, I guess it's symptomatic of, of where we are in football, but it, it's I don't differentiate between Lyle Taylor and Chris Holly for me. And, and Chris Holly actually it should disappoint people more because every, everybody's called him Mr. Charlton. Um, I get he's coming to the end of his career and his injuries, and, uh, and uh, he, he, perhaps he wanted another year in Charlton. We're not in a position to be able to say, yeah, we're not in a comfortable financial position to say, yeah, we'll give you another year because you've been so good for us. We can't do that, and that's the reality of the situation. So um, almost certainly probably wouldn't have played anyway. But uh, the fact that he's come out and said, no, I'm not playing for you for, yeah. for the last 30 days of my contract. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and think on that, they get paid to the end of July. It's not It's not as if we just drop them like a stone. If, uh, because there's, it's built into most footballers' contracts, I think, that you carry on paying them for another month after they stop playing, just as a comfort blanket if they can't find a club. 
Yeah. So, yeah, hugely disappointed. Um, not surprised particularly. Uh, not that I didn't like Lyle or, or Chris Oliver. They come across as great individuals, great people. And I think this is the key for, for me as well. I'm sorry to um, hog this, but uh, the key for me is when, you, when you're a player that, that sort of uh, perpetuates that emotional bond between you and the supporters, as Lyle has done and done very well, you know, the whole pink campaign, uh, the whole um, getting the fans on board and, and being part of the uh, the journey, as, as Lee Bowie put it, you know, bashing your chest and we're all as one and the fans are most important. When you do that in your career, and certainly with us, then you've got to expect the uh, the, uh, the kickback when you when you do something like this. I'm sorry, it's, it's a payoff. It, mm. it can't be a surprise to anyone. Yeah, I mean, Mark, do you think the story would be slightly different here if Lyle says, "All right, I'll pay the I'll I'll play for those two or three games." up until the end of June at least, um, because that's when my contract runs out. Although he had said to Bo at the same time, you know, my heart might not be in it. Do, do you think the story would be slightly different if he offered to play those those last three games at least before before the end of the month? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to say because if he plays, say, one game and he doesn't score, people are going to say, well, he's not trying, he's not trying. And so he's going to be hauled over the coals for that. I mean, I slightly disagree with um, Terry previously saying that they can be lumped in together. I think with Chris Solly, I think we know he's been managing his injuries for the last couple of seasons. He's not been able to go game in, game out. We've had to not play him on Tuesday nights, and there's always been that thing. Since he had his knee injury, with Lyle, I think if he's almost shot himself his foot. If he'd come out and said, I don't feel physically safe, because of, OK, we're having the testing, I don't feel physically safe, I'm not prepared to play. I think people have gone, you know, that's fair enough. We've all had to make considerations about that. And But for him to say, I'm not going to give you 100%, I can't because I might get injured. And you think, well, one, you can get injured at any time of a football match. He can go to his new club, he can do his ACL in his very first game. And, you know, things like that are going to happen. My point, I said, well, how long before the end of your contract finishes do you stop caring if you're thinking about another contract? Five games, ten games? I mean, we had a situation, okay, admittedly we were at Wembley, but Patrick Barrell was out of contract, knew he wasn't going to re-sign, and he didn't go out and go, you know what, I can't play in this game because I might get injured and it'll do my you know, transfer to my next club, it'll do that. He went out, you know, we know what he gave in that game. He gave 100%. I mean, Lyle gave 100% in that game. But I think possibly... I mean, we, we, we saw what Lyle was like. You're right, you know, there's done some plenty of good things. But, you know, in the last previous transfer window, where he was aiming to get away, you know, there was actions he did then, which haven't actually probably come out publicly, which raised a few eyebrows about his um, commitment to everything. So I think he, he can be separate, because if you see his me, 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 Oh, I've not been able to sleep. You know, worry about it. Thinking, you know, you don't care. You don't care about anyone else. I mean, again, you don't want to hog it, and that's Nathan will probably bring it up as well. Other players have probably in their contracts a relegation clause. If we get relegated, that they probably lose maybe twenty five percent of the wages, etc., etc. Him not playing. If we get relegated, and you know, thinking yourself. They're going to look to him and go, you know, if you played for us, we wouldn't have been relegated. We wouldn't have all been taking this hit. It's not just, man, it's a, it's a team game. If he wants to just look after himself, take up golf. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nathan, what were your overriding thoughts? Because I guess one one score of thinking, of course, is like there must be teammates who who 
can see both sides of the situation and think, well, yeah, you're, you're in a situation where you you might be going on to get a big contract somewhere. But at the same time, you know, we have come through this this journey together and, and, and we've all put it on the line for, for Lee Bayer over so many games. And I, I really wish you would stick with us. I mean, do, do you think there's there's players who would find this decision disappointing or do you think they're more likely to understand it? Uh, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I mean, firstly, um, with both situations, it's uh, I've probably looked at it another way. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm disappointed as much as anyone because we all know on Lyle's day, he he scores goals and he's a key part of our team. We all know that. But, you know, it's like Terry said, it's not the first, it's not going to be the last. And I think sometimes in, in football, we know what the game's like, you know, and it's... And with with with, with Lyle going, um, I think if it, if he came out and said, like I think for me, I knew well. I had a feeling that he was he wasn't going to sign whether whether the Corona didn't turn up anyway. So as soon as the Corona thing happened, and then it was the lane, there was some sneaky feeling that some somewhere along the line that he wasn't going to play. But the thing that disappointed me with Lyle was when he had the interview of one of his many social media ones since he's done, well, I think we spoke about it in the groups. And since that started happening, I think the writing was on the wall, um, especially, you know, if they've been told not to do any interviews and stuff. And um, and in that interview, he said, he was talking about the thing with Brentford and he turned around and said, you know, it's, you know, I'm a professional, I'll do my, you know, to give 100%, blah de blah um, But the thing is, if you choose not to play, I think if clubs don't pay you, when you should be paid, then you'll kick up a stink. So, on the flip side, if you're getting paid and you're refusing to you're refusing to play, then you can't have it both ways for me. Um, but listen, Lyle's entitled to do what he wants to do. It's his career, but I agree with Mark. He could go to if he, if he does get this lucrative move in a higher division, like he said the other day. If it is that, then yeah, he could turn up to training and, and do his break his leg. You know, I hope he doesn't, but. You know, it's one of those things. Souls is different, I think, for me. But even though I'm still disappointed in Souls, Souls ain't been playing. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Bose has probably said, listen, I don't think we're going to get a contract, really. I don't know that. But imagine if it is. He's not going to play, so then he's going to be going into training, you know, with the coronavirus. I mean, obviously, Solly hasn't come out and been as vocal as Lyle. But Solly has got kids, and I don't know if it's, you know, if, he, if he's fear of getting injured and what's the point in him doing it. But, I mean, with the other players, it's, I mean, for me, I think the players will understand it because it's a short career and you've got to look out for yourself and you've got to be selfish sometimes. But like Terry said, I think it's the way that you do it. Um, but with players, yeah, I think they'll probably be disappointed because they know he's a good player. They know we've got more more of a chance. I'm saying we've, you know, we're relegated now because we've got, still got some good players there. Mm. But I think we've got more of a chance within the team and I think they'll probably be a bit torn, I reckon, both all the players. But, I mean, I'm going to try and look at it positively and I'm just focusing on the guys that are there now. I mean, you've got, like we mentioned at the beginning, you've got Field, you've got Hamid, who's apparently looking in good shape now. Um, and you, and you, we've got players that we, we never really had before. Um, so for me, it's disappointing, but without swearing, you know, X, you know, X happens and you just got to get on with it for me. And, mm. And let's just focus on the boys that are willing to play for us. Yeah, I mean, Terry, there has to be a score of the four. I mean, it was mentioned earlier, you know, we're probably not in a position to, as a club to go out and offer Chris Solly the assurances that he'll he'll still be here next season. Um, so, I mean, you guess it, it, you could say it goes a little bit both ways. You know, we are in this bizarre situation where people are being asked to play beyond the extension of their, of their current contracts and, 
the the games even before the end of the month are going to be beyond where normally the season would end. So players may feel like, even if game-wise they're not, that they're sort of being asked to work a bit of overtime now. Um, and, and it does go a little bit both ways. That we, we, you know, some when, when you get get to an end of your career at a club and and you and you've sort of you know you're a player on the way out. I mean, no no one had any had any qualms about dropping Ben Reeves last season when he gave his all for the club. But we we got rid of him and no one really uh, was too worried about that. I mean, do do you think that that sort of plays a part? The players know that. You know, loyalty doesn't always go both ways. When, when if if you're getting towards the end of your career and and you haven't been as good as as you want, then the club will drop drop you quite easily. So, do you think that that could play a part for both Lyle and for Chris that they know that it doesn't always go both ways? And plus, don't forget, I mean, this club's an absolute circus at the moment. I mean, Lyle must be so frustrated with the ownership and the contract crisis he's had. And even though I'm sure Bo and the players around him have done done their best to make him feel happy, you know, the fact is his bosses haven't. The people who pay his wages haven't. And so far, he, he must have some sort of um, underlying anger towards the club because of that as well. I don't, you're, you're absolutely right, of course. Uh, I think um, the loyalty thing, of course, is, uh, is both ways. Having said that, you know, if you don't perform for uh, for your club, then that's mostly your fault as much as as much as anybody else's or, or the club. So, if the club don't feel that you're right for them uh, and let you go at the end of a contract, they'll still pay you to the end of that. But, contract. but in in that way, when 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 you say it's mostly the players' fault, therefore, can can we really say that Lyle Taylor wouldn't have this opportunity to go and play in a bigger division? If it wasn't for us, when really we're saying, well, it's his own personal performances that have made him better. Obviously, with the help of Lee Bowyer, but he still had to go in and put the the performances in on the pitch as well. Well, true, uh, and of course that's down to his motivation. And uh, nobody's—I'm uh, not even attempting to say that it's hundred percent down to the fact that he was playing for Charlton that he's now a, a better player than he was when he was at, at Wimbledon. Of course, that's down to his own commitment and uh, uh, training and, uh, and the effort he's put in. Absolutely true. Um, but as I said before, this is you know you can throw logic out the window when we're talking about football and, and supporters' reactions to, uh, to to players in their team because uh, uh, logic doesn't work. It it's it's about uh, you know if you, if you as I said earlier on, if you just say that it's a business uh, and you've got an employee in the business that uh, thinks he's been mucked about a bit and then has a chance uh, gets headhunted and can go for a, for a bigger job. Is he going to work his notice? Is he going to worry about losing out on three weeks' pay, um, or three, yeah, three weeks' pay at a company when he's going to comfortably get that back in within one week of, of being working with somebody else? Of course not. And you'd expect that to happen. But this is football, and we don't tend to think like that, generally speaking. So um, I, I think it's been said, you know, numerous amount of times that... Uh, that if purely on financial terms, purely on on pound shillings and pence, then of course you understand him going. Uh, and and had he gone on the uh, you know played for two games and gone, I personally would have said yeah, understand 100. percent It's the end of his contract. There's no reason for him to stay, uh, and can can logically uh, understand it at all. But it's the fact that uh, we have got a couple of games left to go. Uh, the position we're in. Uh, as uh, Bo, you put it, you know, you, you start a plan together, you start a dream together, you start that journey together. Most people, not everyone, but most people would uh, would think you you see that through. Uh, mm. Some people are different, and Lyle's certainly one of those people. Yeah, and, and Mark. Chris, uh, Sorry, go on, tell. Uh, well, and Chris Ollie as well. I mean, it, yeah. I know that um, uh, you know you, there are people that say it's different. I mean, Mark's already said it. That Chris Ollie's should be different because he's had injuries and. He, probably wouldn't be offered another contract that's probably true but it's still and you know it, it's still the way you leave and, and to refuse to play and that's basically what they're doing 
Now, if they're refusing to play, as David Davis has done, because of fears for their own safety or the safety of their family, I don't think anybody would, would be would decry them that, uh, you know, and say, yeah, of course you put yourself and your family first, 100%. Mm. Um, but they're refusing to play in case they get injured and, and, it, and it affects their next move. That's different for me. And, and I think that's just, you know, um, just sticking your fingers up and saying, right, I'm off, I don't care about you. Yeah. And I, that just leaves a bad taste for me. Yeah. And Mark, then, just, just, just quickly before we move on then. So we've talked extensively about Lyle Taylor and a little bit about Chris Solly. Um, I don't. I really don't think we need to touch too much on David Davis because, like I say, he's, he's hardly been mentioned, and and he has some 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 good reasons. Though obviously, other loanies have come back. But I mean, just with Chris Solly, I mean, will this taint his career at Charlton for you? He's been here for so many years as as, as a schoolboy all the way up. He's you know was so dependable. He's 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 never he's never been a problem before. And now, obviously, we're in this bizarre situation where a lot of people have to make decisions based on what's best for their family. For example, if I was asked to go into the office in my job on Monday, I'd be very scared and very worried. So why is a footballer any different? Does it does this taint your uh, your your view of Chris Solly and his time at Charlton? Well, no. See, I, again, I, I, you look at the length of service Solly has gone and the dependability for years he's won, the player of the season... And you know, you know, he's captain side, and it, it, I think there was a slight difference. One, possibly because he has just said, "Look, I'm not going to play for you. That's it." He hasn't taken the social media and gone, "Poor me, poor me, poor me." You know, and again, like I, said, I think there is a slight difference because, and it does come down to his injury. He knows he's susceptible in his position as a defender. You know, and he, the injuries he can get, and it, it's not like he's got something lined up. I mean, the interesting thing. With, with Lyle, he, you know, there's obviously a team coming for him, and there's a lot of, you know, rumours to how who that could be. Um, West Brom, Sheffield Wednesday, possibly Rangers. Well, I can't see I've it. Seen Galatas- um, Galatasaray mentioned. I think I think I even saw Palace mentioned and Bournemouth maybe. So who knows? But Bournemouth, I don't get that because they spent a lot of money on Solange last year from from Liverpool, and if they, they've got no, they, they have a chance of going relegated as well. Then okay, his money would be higher, but I think you know we'd still be looking maybe to cut out some of their players. Possibly they've got people on contracts, but I'd be strange if he went to Sheffield Wednesday. That's the only one which I looked at. When West Brom have got a chance to go yeah. up, I see that you know it gives him an opportunity to go and maybe be a fourth striker in the team in a Premiership. Rangers, I can't see it. But um, you know, maybe Rebo's yeah. told him it's all. It's all there's, a, there. there's a lot of but, speculation no, out there. Yeah. Yeah, but with Solly, you know, it's who's going to pick him up, and you know, maybe a team in the championship. Maybe he, he might get a team in League One who's offering him a two-year contract on probably the better money from we're offering, and he can go and do that. At least it gives him a stability for his family. No, I think I think Solly's a slightly different case. Okay, mm-hmm. they both said we're not going to play. I think Lyle's because of his arrogance. Solly's because he was looking at his family and his future. And he's, you know, like I say, his injury does play a part of it. Mm. Well, anyway, so let's let's talk about a player who has come back then, um, and let's hear them speak as well. Sam Field, uh, of course, was on a season-long loan from West Bromwich Albion. He got injured uh, away at Bristol City uh, back in October, and we, so we hadn't seen him for so long. Now, if the season had ended when it was due to end, then we wouldn't have seen him for the rest of the campaign. But 
because of the the fact it's been extended, he's been able uh, to come back. Um, he spoke to Tom Rubichaud from the club uh, the other day um, and uh, was asked, how does it feel to be back in the thick of things at Sparrows Lane? Yeah, delighted. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm upset it's taken so long, but I'm just happy that we're there now and, you know, hopefully I can contribute again to the team. I'm really looking forward to it. And how is it, the injury and everything you had, how's, how's that feeling now? Yeah, so it's, it's, been, a, it's been a journey. Um, we've had setbacks along the way. I've had quite a few uh, um, opinions of people and I've had injections, big injections and whatnot. And he's feeling a lot better. Uh, I'm not 100%, uh, but I think over the you know week's training and whatnot, um, you know, I really think I can get my feet back on the floor and keep, you know, pushing hard. I know I'm going to be a bit rusty. If, if I was my best after uh, six, seven months out of playing football, I'd actually be a little bit worried, I think, what's the point training. But, um, so I know I've got, um, I've got to get my head down and work hard, but I'm really looking forward to it. How have you found the first few days of training then? Yeah, obviously, just with the whole, um, you know, different world it's a, it's a bit different but I'm um, you know I'm really happy to be back the, the lads seem in really good spirits and you know it's just I think everyone really appreciates family and friends but then you really miss your football as well when you haven't got it it's you know we think oh we could be on holiday now generally you know you only need about five six days off and then you're back so having seven eight nine weeks off I, I can tell we're all itching to it we're all doing extra and we're all just really looking forward to get going again how did you find that lockdown period uh strange for me i had to do a lot of stuff from home a lot of rehab stuff and gym stuff and it's not easy but um i mean there's a lot you know it's nothing compared to what other people have to go through you know it's could be a lot worse um so you know to get out and go and run and still have exercise with it you know it's a blessing really and you mentioned obviously you had a few setbacks uh, on, on the injury way how, how frustrating was that when you were i guess just wanted to get back to playing yeah, very, you know, just I've never really had to deal with anything like this. I've uh, been very fortunate. Um, I still know I'm young in, the, in terms of football, but you don't really expect it. And um, yeah, it's difficult. You Maybe I was a bit naive thinking it's plain sailing coming back from an injury and it's, it's not always like that. And I'm sure many pros can tell you that themselves. So it's been really annoying and it's, it's difficult watching from the side because you know, I've really enjoyed my time here and it's just, it was it's hard to watch and seeing how well we did at the start of the season, you know, I, I don't feel like we should be down this end of the table at all. So I'm just desperate to, to play my part still and help. And you mentioned watching the game. Did you find it difficult then watching the, watching the boys um, while, you, while you weren't able to contribute? Yeah, from uh, yeah, definitely. You know, you you want to help, um, and then you know, there's a you know, we've had a bad patch and whatnot, and it's difficult because you just you know that they're all good lads and everyone's trying their hard. And sometimes you know it doesn't come off. I think that injury patch where we've just got hit, you know, that, that's that's very unlucky. That's not that's no one's fault. That's just the look of the draw sometimes, and you know you, you got to deal with the cards you dealt with. So. You know, I'm sure we'll we'll be absolutely fine. The standard coming back the last couple of days, um, honestly, I've been blowing out my arse, if I can say that. Um, you know, standard of possessions and whatnot, I've been really impressed. So, you know, if we play like um, we have, I've just seen them the past couple of days training and I'm, I've got no worries at all. Right, so that was Sam Field speaking to the club there. Uh, great to have him back, Nathan. Um, I mean, obviously, he's at that stage in the career where he's still trying to make a name for himself. In, in the early stages, he was a, 
involved in in some really good performances. Um, so I mean, fr- from a personal point of view, uh, I'm really pleased to see him back. Yeah, no, I like Sam. Um, I mean, I think there was the game against Derby. I thought we played really well. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a Derby game. I could be wrong, but I mean, he's a tidy player, and I think it's something that we really needed. I mean, because when obviously we got Josh Josh Cullen in there, and we've got tidy footballers. Um, and I just think he offers that some that little bit of more composure on the ball um, in the middle of the park. Whether or not he sits at the base of the diamond or Cullen, or if Cullen gets a more advanced role, um, that's what we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I think it's really it's really interesting to see him come back because, to be fair, I actually forgot about him. If I'm totally honest, and I mean with Davis not coming back, with both of, if both of them were here. You'd have to try and think. Well, is Davis going to play? Um, I think there's a player in there with Davis. I just, I don't know. There was just something, something random about that that loan altogether. Because I mean, he's obviously got a good reputation with the Birmingham fans and that. But to, we had two good loans from West Brom this year, and obviously Lecco um, and Field. But I think he does give us that little bit more composure on the ball, which is key at both plays. So I'm, I'm delighted he's fit and hopefully he can just get back and. And then try and mm. before we got injured, he can carry on those performances. And it shows, it shows Nathan, just bringing you back in there. Like I mean, Sam Field's still got another year on his contract at West Brom, so he, he he's not in a situation where if he gets injured this week, then he's he's out he's out without a club uh, and without the possibility to sign for a club because he's injured. So I, I guess we we can see. I mean, people trying to compare the two situations. It, it, it is different when you've got a little bit of security. And of course, you're at that stage in the career where really you still you still need to go out and prove yourself a little bit. Exactly, you just summed it up there in the last bit. I think with Sam, I think he knows he's a good player. Um, Bose knows he's a good player, and he had some good performances. And then unfortunately, he had that horrible injury, and he, he probably wants to prove not only to to Bose and the fans, but for himself. You know, he's, he knows he, he's got. Um, He's got. He's not had too many loan moves, and he just wants to prove himself at a level. And for me, that speaks volumes because, again, he could have done the same. He could have said, "You know what? I'm not going to travel down, and you know, family, and you know, the virus and stuff." So any any player that um, that goes for the whole of the squad uh, who are willing to play, I mean, they'll get my respect because there there are a lot of people, and rightly so, in, in, if they if they feel that way, but they don't want to play. So I just think it speaks volumes of the person that Sam is, is for, for him to really be um, so they really want to be involved and I think Ollie put a tweet out earlier to how, how big this is and I think it'll when we start playing um, I think it'll be proof of being the pudding in those first few games we'll, we'll sit back and go do you know what that's not a bad bit of, bit of player there and glad he actually decided to come back yeah obviously it's important that we have these bodies coming back because we are we are going to be gearing up to start again in, in a couple of weeks by the sounds of it Terry um, friendlies included now um, Lyle Taylor has sort of by the, by the sounds of it let the cat out of the bag a little bit that, that we, we, we're playing Arsenal today um, absolutely nothing official has been said about that but you're not going to hear anything official until the game's over because clearly uh, we, we don't want people turning up at, at places where we don't we don't know where the game's going to be if, it, if it's actually happening um, but if we are playing a friendly with, with Arsenal which Lyle Taylor keeps saying we are um, and and uh, like I say, you won't hear any official in, until until after the game. Um, I mean, it is time that we we have to actually start having this weird mini preseason to make sure we're ready for when things kick off again at Hull in in a couple of weeks' time. 
Yeah, it's. Um, uh, I mean, if it is Arsenal, it, it, it makes sense because I think the powers that be have said they have to be in the sort of um, uh, certain radius, mileage radius, and, and for us, it's obviously South London um, and, and just a little bit into North London, I guess. So we can't go much further than that. We can't travel uh, yet, at least, to play a game of football. So they'll all be any any friends we have will all be in that sort of region, Sunderland. There was talk of West Ham, possibly Palace. Um, those sort of clubs. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one because uh, the Premiership have been back doing contact training for uh, contact training for a, a little while, and I think we only started on the Championship. Only started contact training um, the back end of, of this week, I think, wasn't it? So, it's um, they're going to be uh, much further on than, than we are. So, it'll be an interesting one uh, to see how, how we uh, how we get on. Uh, we won't know till the end, as you say, uh, and how many we'll actually have because. We're starting in was it 15 days now, isn't it? Something like that. Uh, the first game. It's, um, it's going to be interesting. You're, you're not going to be able to squeeze too many friendlies in. I would have thought. And I think the back of uh, everybody's minds is, um, you know, you don't want to pick up any injuries in that period as well. Mm, yeah, certainly. So uh, the players will be trying to get back up to fitness in, in time for that that game with Hull. Um, I, I thought also we'd bring in a few fan comments at, at this point during the show. So we had an email from Aaron Honan. Uh, during the week said hi fellas just want to say that anyone defending Taylor that you're defending a footballer who refuses to finish the season he's actually been paid for what's to stop every player doing this near the end of their contract it's inexcusable a doubt Taylor or Solly will be giving back the money they were paid for the Covid period it's utterly embarrassing uh, for them it will make staying up uh, all the sweeter I love the show uh, that's from Aaron out in Brisbane yeah thanks for, for getting involved and that is a good point actually like I mean these players <laughs> I mean, it's all. It is a fair. It is fair to say that their contract will be up in, um, you know, at the end of the month. But you can argue that they have been paid for a season of football, though. I guess that's not quite how how these things worked out. But that's uh, that's from Aaron in Brisbane. Uh, thanks for your, uh, thanks for your message. Cappuccino says effectively, Lyle, Solly, and the Loney are gone. David Davis. As fans, we need to move on and support the team. Shout outs to McCauley Bond, Johnny Williams. Uh, uh, Andre Green, Josh Cullen, uh, Dylan Phillips, etc. Uh, let them know that we believe in them, that we are more than one player. Um, yes, yeah, some, some good messages uh, coming in. We also had one from MICAFC. You like to point out that back in February, they mentioned they thought Sully might have played uh, his last game for us. So I guess uh, they, they were correct on that. And apparently, we didn't agree with him at the time, which, to be fair, back in February, if someone had told me we wouldn't see Solly again in a Charlton shirt, I mean, I, I don't think I would have. A, uh, believe that but who knows um, and then Ray Bates uh, Ray Bates said I never thought I'd be longing for the day when we were making up teams of cats and dogs named after Charlton players because there was nothing else to talk about we have done that before I'm fairly confident we did that before on the show and Dom says we need to find a more exciting club Charlton doesn't tend to have enough dramas to talk about well we'll come back after this little break and talk about a few more of the dramas that we're going through as a football club When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers there. And it's John. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! Right, so welcome back to Charlton Live. We've been discussing the fact that a number of our players have decided they won't be seeing out the season uh, with the Addicts. And we've also heard from Sam Field on his return to Sparrows Lane for the West Bromwich Albion loanee. Now, of course, there's been another big story uh, this week, and it's been a story that's been dragging on for a long time now. Of course, it's the, the takeover situation uh, at the club. Um, I mean, in the Q&A with Marion, I mean, Marion Mihail this week, he, he appears to have made it clear that the, that the shares in ESI will be 100% owned by someone new at the point within within the next week. So we're, we're going to hear about that by the sounds of it. That's the way I'm reading that. But that doesn't entirely mean that the club isn't still, or those shares in the club, I don't know how you describe it, won't still be up for grabs. And a, a new name, or a couple of new names, sort of entered the fray this week. I mean, early on in the week, Sky Sports uh, talked about a, a Portuguese bid, um, Fernando Corte Real uh, from the uh, corporate of football corporate football organization Portugal, which sounds like the sort of thing I'd make up. <laughs> Went on Sky, uh, having claimed to make a couple of offers, of course, and then also we we heard from uh, the Voice of the Valley about uh, a bid uh, involving Peter Varney, the former CEO, of course, and a very well respected figure at the Valley, and Andrew Barkley, son of uh, uh, extremely wealthy was it son or grandson of the extremely wealthy Barkley brothers. Um, now, all of a sudden, when you hear the name Peter Varney, Mark, I mean, that's the name that you want involved with the club again, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing when it always popped up. You saw a name, you know what, there's someone who knows the club, and you're thinking he wouldn't be in it for himself and his Range Rovers. And, you know, it's, it's really difficult to not to get excited with everything which has gone on in the last, you know, the last year and the last four years. It's really hard to say, you know, oh, right, this will be it, this will be it. Until something actually physically happens, like you say, then you can say, right, then you're going to feel slightly differently. And I think the trepidation is, which, which we want the club to still exist in a year's time, in 10 years' time, whatever, you know, not go down the route of so many other clubs. So if Peter Varney can do anything and have a contact and say, right, I could put you with this person who's got this money, with this plan then that can only be a positive thing. But it's really hard to then start getting excited. I think a lot of people get excited straight away. And I think it's it's straw clutching at, at most at the moment because of the issues we've got with um, the other chances. So it's, I, I, you know, I gut achingly want everything to happen positively, but I'm holding... Keep him a powder dry, I think. That's yeah. the expression I'll do. Yeah, because well, when the story first broke, Nathan, it sounded like uh, you know that bid was struggling to get in contact with 
you know, the, the the people they need to speak to. I mean, it, and then there was all sorts of confusion saying, well, uh, they've managed to speak to Chris Farnell, the lawyer, um, but apparently not to, to Noon Namir. Chris Farnell claimed on Twitter that um, he'd spoken to Peter Varney over the last few weeks, but not about a takeover, which then begs the question, what on earth have you been talking about then? Because, you know, I mean, we all love the small talk as, oh, what have you been up to? Not much because I'm in lockdown. But you wouldn't ring up a complete random stranger uh, to, to, to do that. Um, Peter Varney's on Twitter now. He's given a little bit more away, um, saying that progress had been made since then, which sounds positive. Um, it's just very confusing when when you're hearing things like, oh, be, they, they hadn't been able to speak to anyone and then people saying, well, you, I spoke to you but not about this and then it, it's all it's all a bit smoke and mirrors what goes into these these situations but I mean, it, it does sound there's been some sort of positive steps now um, and in terms of, I mean, I, I, we, we don't know too much about um, about Andrew Barkley but at the same time, you know, I mean, he's, he's, from, he's from a very wealthy family and Rick Everett who... You know, knows Peter Varney. He seems to have been involved a little bit in 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 getting these two together. By the sounds of it, he he seems to be vouching for him so far, and says that he he he's got a good head on his shoulders. This guy. So th- these are positive things. And of all the <laughs> crazy names that have been have been throwing their hat into the ring over the last few weeks, this 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 certainly probably up there with the with the Jenkins bid. Sounds like someone who might actually be a little bit more positive than than some of the sharks we've seen circling around recently. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, with uh, whoever it is, um, if we do get new owners, hopefully it'll be third time lucky. Um, I mean, for me, it's like, I mean, the whole situation at the moment, I find it a bit boring. Uh, I mean, the, the only thing I can explain is if you're in a cinema and, and you've got a really, really rubbish movie and you're like, oh, come on, mate, just hurry up and finish sort of thing. Like, that's where that's what I feel like at the moment. It's just like, let's just get it done now. At least now there's boring. a potential for a happy ending in your movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all like an happy ending, but I mean, we've, I mean, if that is the case, I mean, the only thing I can say if it is this Peter Varney uh, thing is like you know, like Mark said, he know he knows the club. Um, I'd be very surprised if Andrew Barkley, which I may be wrong, if he's going to be at the forefront, but maybe he's just a backer and he'll just say to Peter Varney, "Do you know what? You know your stuff." crack on as normal but then the, the question that raises to me is the the supposed sort of uh, disagreements if you can call it that was um is between him and Richard Murray I don't know if that was true or if it's still happening or whatever so I don't know what will happen there but I mean hopefully it does come off like listen I'm hoping it does um but for me I'm just it's got to a point now where it's just like when it if, it, if, it, if it's going to happen it'll happen and until it's been put on the official site then I'm going to restrain any ex, you know any excitement um, even though it is hard um, but yeah for me at the moment it's just I'm not not really looking any sort of news about sort of takeover and all that I'm trying I'm skimming through it now I'm not even really taking much of an interest anymore because I mean there was the threads here and Twitter and, and it's just like I just can't keep up and I think it gets to a point where you're just thinking, just hurry up, mate. Like, just get it done. Whatever's happening, but it sounds positive from from obviously what you just said. So it'd be great, but um, to have someone like Peter Varney there, I think if you chose between them and the rumoured this 
the Portuguese guy that was on Sky Sports. I think I know what everyone else would prefer to pick because he knows the club. He's been yeah. there before. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, Terry, because when, when this Portuguese bid was on Sky Sports News towards the start of the week, my initial reaction was, I'm always very sceptical about, about bids that go public like this. And we saw that situation with Joe Caller a couple of weeks ago being really desperate to link his name to the club. Um, and, you know, to the extent that he had someone, three, three separate accounts, tweeting about his name, even though it didn't sound like that was going to go anywhere. Um, but funnily enough, when Peter Varney went public, I was like, oh, that's good news. So, I mean, people must have different reasons for trying to link themselves with it. The, the Portuguese lot, we don't, we know very little about them. They had a really crap website from what we saw. Um, uh, I mean, well, it, it's hard to say, it's hard to judge someone from afar, which is why when you see, when you see someone like Peter Varney willing to put their name against something, you know, I mean, I'm, Peter Varney's made mistakes in the past the same as anyone else has, but it tended to be a positive influence on the club in his time here. No question. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Uh, I mean, it's great that uh, I think Mark and Nathan have pretty much summed up the feelings of uh, probably every Charlton fan. With Mark saying, you know, it's just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, not getting too excited, you know, because all the stuff we've been through, and so we're all just a little bit tempering where we're going with this. And then Nathan's just, I just fed up with the whole thing, and you can sort of grasp it um, on both sides. Uh, and uh, do you know, I, I just think. Uh, the Portuguese thing, uh, and and the same with Bassini and the same with the other Chilino, isn't it? Um, I just get the feeling that their chances, you know, they're the people that are seeing a distressed club, think that they can pick something up, make a quick buck, and then get rid. Do you know what I mean? These are these are the type of people that we've had already, and and they strike me. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but they're just just the feel of, of those sort of people. Just think that you're not in it for anything other than making a quick uh, quick few bob. We know that Jenkins um, is a football man, so if he's involved, I think it's okay. Uh, we'd reasonably happy with that. Although <clears throat> the rumour is that he would then go down the same route as the assign in terms of buying the club and then worrying about the ground and the training ground later. Whereas Peter Varney, he's uh, he's Charlton through and through. He's been a supporter since the 60s. Um, most people know, know who he is. Most Charlton fans at least know that um, it's in his heart, and so he wouldn't do anything deliberately to uh, to put uh, our, uh, our future at risk. And so we're always going to err on uh, thinking Peter Vine is going to be the right, you know, the right person. And they want to buy the club, the training ground, and and uh, the valley all as one package rather than as a separate entity. So. I think that's why most people would think that the Varney deal would be the best one for us. I mean, personally, I just think, you know, the whole um, situation with ESI changing ownership is, 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 in my feeling anyway, and I've got no reason to, uh, no um, uh, magic box, or I've got no uh, no leads to, to, to know that this is certain or not, but, you know, you just get the feeling that it's a way of getting rid of the dead wood, as it were. Um, get the ownership of ESI in a position where they can be sold without it getting messy or without having to pay a certain person uh, in Manchester a certain, uh, you know, a decent amount of money that, uh, that nobody thinks he's worth. And once that's done, <clears throat> and maybe it is Jenkins, you know, maybe because Jenkins was mentioned a while ago, maybe he's already he's done that and, and he's the one that's taken over ESI. Maybe it is. And if that's the case, well, at least then we've got uh, a slightly more brighter future than we, than we had uh, uh, at the moment or even a few months ago, a few weeks ago. So if Jenkins is the man that's, uh, that's um, taken over from uh, the Tanoon and has taken control of ESI, at least it's, it's somebody who, who knows about football. Whether or not uh, he's then got the capabilities to, uh, to sort the club out in the future is, is a debatable one, um, but at least then we're, we're on a slightly more sounder footing uh, and we can go forward. Uh, yes, I think everybody would prefer uh, the Peter Varney approach where get the club and everything else under under the one umbrella 
Um, again, my feeling is that you've got to deal with De Chastelet, of course, in Belgium. Uh, now with the economic situation the way it is, and he's in his, uh, what, the semiconductor business, I think it is, uh, that will have probably hit the floor sales-wise because nothing's being sold at the minute. So maybe, just maybe, there's a possibility that once um, once the ESI situation is sorted and somebody takes them over and the club can be sold properly, then just maybe there's a negotiation to, to be had with uh, our, our friend in Belgium where we can start paying a realistic price for the club and the ground and the training ground rather than the ridiculous one he wants. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe it'll be an interesting week uh, this week. Then, so just be... I should say I've been reading the same book that Mark has in terms. I'm on page 134 of the Clutching of Straws book. <laughs> well, I'm surprised, I'm surprised I managed to get to that many pages, really. But I guess if you're a Charlton <laughs> fan, it's probably a few volumes still to, to come out yet. Right? So so maybe an interesting week this week. We'll see what happens. A couple of the other things that came out of the, uh, the Q&A with Marion this week, I mean, he still, still made it clear that no money has been put in by ESI, um, saying that there was existing money and, and calling in debts and stuff are going to have to go forward. Uh, to to pay as we go forward. I mean, it just shows. I mean, what 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 a bunch of chances that came in and bought the club, eh? Um, and the other thing was that something that have that people have been interested about is that the season ticket situation, because obviously games are now going to be uh, played uh, behind closed doors if uh, when when they do go ahead. Um, Marion saying there'll be various options open uh, to season ticket holders for the missed games, including access to the live stream of our games and refunds. So uh, again, we'll, we'll, we'll still need to find out the finalised plans of those, but um, hopefully everyone who has put money into the club in forms of a season ticket or match tickets uh, will have the ability to get that back in some way, either as a way to watch the games on, on the TV or on the internet uh, or uh, as a refund. So that will be what we find out as we go on. Now, um, finally, uh, we've been building up all show to this before. Um, before we say our goodbyes, we've got a really good interview here. Tom Wallin uh, has been uh, pestering the club for this interview for a while now, so I'm really looking forward to uh, playing this for you. Obviously, Tom uh, is a proud Welshman himself, as is Johnny Williams. Um, Johnny Williams uh, appears to be Tom's idol at the moment, or he does he does go through him. It used to be Freddie Olverstad for some reason. Uh, now it's Johnny Williams. So Tom was lucky enough, uh, and thanks to the club for arranging this, to sit down uh, with Johnny Williams for, uh, for an extended chat uh, during the week. And Tom, first of all, starts off by asking, Johnny, uh, what was training like during the lockdown period? So, yeah, we've been set a programme uh, by Charlton uh, to follow. Um, I think in the middle of these, however long it's been, we had a couple of weeks um, where we come off it, but we've been working extremely hard. Like The programmes have been very tough and um, I think it showed in the last week, seeing, looking at the boys, looking at the shape we're all in. Um, I think all the boys have been working really hard and uh, it's been good to see. We're in good shape and um, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you how it's been being back really. So obviously you touch on the fitness there, but I guess unless you're playing football in the back garden with your parents, you're not able to do a huge amount of ball work. So is that kind of been the focus now or is it still fitness at the moment? Are you looking to start reintroducing some of those drills over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, uh, no, I've been playing with my mum and dad in the garden. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> um, no. I think I think it's hard. I think it's even harder when no one's watching. You know, I think I've headed out a number of, number of times in my hometown in Tunbridge um, mm. to a park on my own, and just pushing my body to the limit, really, um, and doing the sessions that they've set out. And I know all the boys will be doing the same. Um, but it's been tough. You know, we play football to play with the ball. We're not. We're not. Uh, we're not runners. Yeah. But, We've had no one to play with, so um, 
the first week's been good. We've been doing a lot of ball work since we've been back. So, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, been surprised, actually, uh, the shape we're looking. And um, I'm excited now. Now we're back. We've got to switch our mentality to the games and uh, the job in hand now. It seems like a silly question, being a Charlton fan and knowing how the team and squad has been this season. But what's the harmony been like having the, the group back together? I'm sure you've all kept in touch, but to actually be able to, to see each other again and you know, have that contact with them, I'm sure that's been brilliant for you all because you seem like a really tight-knit group. Yeah, it's been brilliant. I think um, it's been great to see the boys. It's been like an extended summer break. Um, the main thing is everyone seems fit and healthy, uh, players and staff, and that's the number one priority. And now we get to crack on, really. Um, it's been Yeah, it's been really good to see the boys. Obviously, we're still in like two groups or whatever, but hopefully we get to join up soon and uh, start playing against each other, maybe to get some match fitness and build from there, really. Mm. And um, yeah, we'll go back to that in a second. I think looking ahead to the next nine games, obviously season was cut short. I know we had that defeat to Middlesbrough, but you heard Boya say the other day that we were just starting to get players back fit and starting to get a full squad. So despite that defeat, you could argue the squad was getting back to a fairly good place. So coming into the games, particularly with a lot of teams around us, has Boya kind of, what's he said about the, the next nine games? Is he kind of turning into a mini season? Because obviously a lot of the games are almost going to count double if you look at the teams that we're going to be playing against. Yeah, he, exactly that. He said it's basically a mini-season. We've got nine games and that's literally nine cup finals, really. And it starts at Hull and that's the big one where we need to win, really. And um, I think that break came at a good time. I think, uh, you know, performances weren't uh, great. We'd been in the back with a defeat to Huddersfield and then Middlesbrough, I think... Um, We've had a time to reflect and uh, go again now. Uh, obviously, it's given opportunities to like Paige to come back fit, and it's great to see him back with the boys because I know what it's like to have a, you know be in a dark place at times, and uh, you never feel like you're part of the group. And it, it's great to have him back and uh, fit. So that's that's one main positive. Yeah, yeah sounds sounds great. I want to take you back just over a year to a, a slightly more positive time. Um, obviously, the playoff final. We. Uh, we saw lots of the kind of anniversary posts from all of you players on, on social media and obviously the club did a lot as well. I just want to talk about your involvement in that playoff final really specifically because I think it's fair to say you really changed the game. You came on around the same time as McGeady did for them. Um, you were seen as kind of pivotal players for both teams and while he perhaps didn't seem quite fit, we saw you, I don't know how many fouls they gave away against you in the time you were on, but you really, it felt like you changed that game. I'm just interested, first of all, to hear if you can remember at all what Boya said to you before you came on or, or Jacko, what they said to you in terms of what they wanted you to go out there and do. Um, obviously, the game was kind of won all at that point. Um, can you remember what they said and, and what they wanted from you for that kind of half an hour period? Yeah, um exactly kind of what I tried to carry out really what I do best is just getting on the ball and driving um, but I was basically said go and get involved and uh, cause them problems and that's what I tried to do um, and it, it was a, an amazing day for the club and myself on an individual basis um, just overcoming injuries and you know stepping down a league or two um, it was just a a really emotional day, I think, for everyone involved at yeah, the club, and um, it was hard. It was hard playing against my old team, of course, because I had a lot of, of you know, familiar faces there. 
on the, the I guess one team had to win on the day and uh, to do it with like seconds left. To be honest, I didn't know if it was like I didn't know it was literally the last minute when I was on the pitch. I thought it was still like ten minutes left. So when the whistle went, I was couldn't believe it. And um, you, you mentioned obviously it was Sunderland there, and we saw glimpses of you in the uh, the documentary, of course, before you came to Charlton. Have you watched series two yet and, and seen that moment back? Yeah, I did. I did, and I saw what the fans said. <laughs> a bit of a contrast of opinion. Um, but no, uh, it was tough. Obviously, you know what Geats is capable mm. of on his day, and I actually watched the game for the first time back on the anniversary. Yeah, my dad yeah. was watching it, of course. Um <laughs> And uh, I watched the second half, and uh, there were some big performances all round. Really, I think we uh, we nullified them to not many chances at all, and it was uh, it was great to watch. I don't usually always watch my games back, but I had to watch that one back and um, make, make some... an exception for Wembley, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I played all right, so I watched. That one <laughs> you didn't do too bad. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, I found it really interesting actually watching the documentary back because you. Obviously, for me, that day is just extreme joy. Probably the best moment I've had as a Charlton fan. So to see it from that other point of view, it was, it was actually harder to watch back than I expected it to be. Um, <laughs> where does that rank for you in terms of career achievements? Is, is that the highlight so far, do you think? I mean, obviously, we'll come on to talk about what hopefully would have been the Euros this month in a little while. But you obviously shone in the, in the last Euros, uh, I felt. That was where, as a part English, part Welshman, I noticed you for the first time. Um, and was frustrated then to find out you played for Crystal Palace as a Charlton fan. But, you know, you've played at Euros, you've played in big games before. Where does playing at Wembley in a playoff final rank for you, do you think? Yeah, it's definitely right up there for me it, for different reasons. Obviously, the Euros playing in the semi-final uh, European Championships is beyond my wildest dreams. But um, I think when, when I've come, when you keep getting knocked down through injuries and managerial choices or being looked, you know, overlooked at uh, Palace uh, numerous times. Um, almost felt like I had a point to prove and stay fit. And uh, that was my goal to get chopped and promoted when I joined in January. And it was, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world um, to go up at Wembley in the last minute. I would rather that than win the league, I think. So it was a bit of a dream, for sure. And then moving on to the Euros, obviously, um, we know it's not happening now. I mean, I'm frustrated as a fan. I'm sure you're frustrated as a player as well. Um, how do you feel about that? I'm obviously been moved to next year. Have you had much communication from gigs or any of the, the Welsh, either team or playing staff or, or coaching staff about, you know, maybe getting together or, or what have they really said to you about that being postponed? Yeah, not not too much has been said really, obviously, with you know what's been going on in the world. Um, I think we'll have to wait and see to see if you know the international fixtures go ahead in September, October time. I think there'll be conversations probably near the time. Um, but yeah, I was really looking forward to that. I was obviously mm -hmm. feeling good. I was back from injury and uh, you know, I know there's a point in my career where I never thought I'd put on a Welsh shirt ever again so uh, Charlton and the opportunities Bowie has given me has given me that platform to make 20 plus caps now and um, you know back on the international stage and uh, build on that and that's all through comes to Charlton and playing again so I'm thankful for that for sure 
yeah yeah and I think that that comes across you know in anything that we we hear you talk about you know about your career the game is what two two and a bit weeks away against Hull a massive game obviously just above us um so building up to that going to be weird obviously playing in likely to be playing in empty stadiums I mean do you think that's going to have an impact I think um you know when we play at the Valley the fans make such a difference as they've proved in the you know over a year I've been here and They've made a big difference in many games, especially last year and this year as well in the championship. Um, so it's going to be tough, but we've got to we've got to do it for them as well. You know, they're going to be watching at home. You know, not not really been able to help, but we're going to need the support um, and to get through this. And hopefully, when we're we're doing this pre-season all again soon, hopefully it'll be preparing for another season in the championship. I hope so. Um, we're gonna. It's going to be weird. Be weird, but in a way, when we play away from home, like we've, got, we've got to go to Leeds on the last day, and you can imagine what that that would be like—a full, full house, then going for promotion, and obviously, obviously, us trying to get out of the bottom three um, could have been tough. But uh, it's positives and negatives for sure. I think one of the positives about there not being fans in the stadium is. If you score, I think there was almost certainly going to be a pitch invasion had there been fans in the ground. So <laughs> at least it will avoid yeah. that. I mean, are you as desperate for that first goal as the fans or are you happy being, you know, the key player that you are? Because I don't think anyone would deny that you're, you know, a huge asset to our team. But I think that, you know, you know what the crowd are like at the Valley. They're desperate to see you score. Is that something you think about or are you not too concerned about that? Yeah, no, I'd love, you know, it's, it's something that I haven't always done in my career. I think it's due to maybe a few things, maybe not wanting to shoot at times or maybe just, you know, I remember being at Palace at a young age and you're almost scared of the older pros like getting on your back. I remember Sean Scannell used to say it a lot. Uh, you're scared to shoot and maybe maybe something from that, from a young age. Um, I've always looked for the past before, but I'd love to score more goals. It's something... I've been working on in Cholton. Um, I've seen my finishing improve under Bowie in training, and he's worked on that with me. And it's now about getting the opportunities to score um, because I don't get many really. Um, I couldn't, you know, we don't get many as a team. I'd say we've been very clinical. I think this year in the goals we've scored, um, but it's something yeah I'd like to work on and uh, maybe being a bit more selfish at times because I'm I'm an unselfish player and I do. I'm just as happy to see, you know, Lyle score this season as, as to score myself. So, um, yeah, maybe a switch in mentality would help that. Yeah, well, I think the rest of the team are definitely grateful for how you uh, how you performed so far. Listen, I think we'll leave it there. Um, enjoy training, obviously, and um, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you back at the Valley soon. But um, thanks for your time, Johnny. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, Tom. Tom man. That was it then. That was Tom speaking to Johnny Williams. Massive thanks to Johnny for joining us uh, on the chat. And I think that's a good place to end the show as well. Well done to Tom for getting that interview. Um, So yeah, thanks to all of you who've listened to this week's Charlton Live. We'll be back again next week. Uh, hopefully with some more some more interviews and, and stuff like that and uh, maybe who knows uh, some more information about what's going on um, thanks to the guys who've joined us so thanks to Terry to Mark and to Nathan for joining me on the phone this week cheers Louis thanks gentlemen cheers boys cheers best. excellent stuff and uh, I've been Louis Mendes thanks for listening to this week's Charlton Live we'll be back next week and we look forward to speaking to you again then Charlton Live Charlton Live <laughs>
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.